Are you ready to become awesomer? Hello, everyone. My name is Umar Hamid. I'm your host on the No Limit Selling Podcast, where industry leaders share their tips, strategy, and advice on how you can become better, stronger, faster. Just before we get started, I've got a question for you. Do you have a negative voice inside your head? We all do, right? I'm going to help you remove that voice in under 30 days guaranteed. Not only remove it, but transform it. So instead of the voice that sabotages you, there's one that propels you to much higher levels of performance and success. There's a link in the show notes. Click on it to find out more. All right, let's get started. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the No Limit Selling Podcast. Today, we have Stephen Cohen with us today from New York City. Welcome to the program. Thank you. Good to be here. Stephen, one of the things we were talking about, we were actually recording and the internet gods, you know, like spited us and stopped the recording in the middle. So uh, the question I was asking you was this, that, you know, when you lose a deal, you know, how do you brush it off? How do you get, how do you get back on track and focus on what's most important? And you said there were two elements that you used that allowed you to just be more resilient and do it faster. Yeah. So yeah, the, the, the two, one's just a, a case of practicality that I don't have the time or the luxury of time to to wallow or or feel sorry for myself because thank God we're busy enough. We have a number of other deals always transacting. So I, I have to be in those. So I'd say that's first. And that's just a practical case of being busy. And, you know, ask a, ask a busy person to get something done and it'll get done. Um, the other is something I learned a long time ago uh, from a business coach who said to me, Years ago, I was upset about something that didn't happen or, and this person said to me, you're asking the wrong question because I was essentially saying, why me? And why is this happening? And she said to me, don't ask why, ask how. And that is so powerful. So it's not about poor me, why is this happening? It's what can I do? How can I do? How can I do it differently? What could I have done differently? What can I learn from this? How can I learn from this? And that goes a long way for me. So in this particular case uh, of a deal recently, it was a very large deal that didn't happen. We'll get another deal. It'll still happen, just not per se with this buyer or seller, or maybe it will. Um, but it's a matter of I, in that case, I felt like, wow, I really did everything right. This could just be a case of, as I said before, man makes plans and God laughs. It Absolutely. just wasn't meant to be the deal. You know? So t- two things kind of came up there as you were talking about that. Number one, I think how is like a freaking amazing question. And dear uh, agents, as you're listening to this, you know, when someone is looking for a home, you're saying, you know, what kind of home are you looking for? A, a what question, uh, which is really important. But the one I like better is how will you know you found the right house. And when you ask that question, people give you their criteria of how they'll know. And sometimes it's the first time they've ever actually thought about it. I love that. I love that. I think I do that, but I've never thought about asking this, how will you know? That's great. Yeah. And it also lets their spouse know. Yeah. This is, That's oh, right. Right. And then it's like, uh, sir, how will you know? And then they'll give you their criteria. And then all of a sudden you're like a uh, uh, marriage counseling. It's amazing. <laughs> a big part of our, our job. Yeah. Two is really, you know, uh, Stephen, I'm about to say something that may be shocking to you. Uh, uh, you may not know this, but you're not dead yet. Uh, it's like when things happen, it's like, it's, it's as if you're going to die. And it's like, in your career, like the entirety of your life, have you ever come close to financial calamity ever? 
financial calamity. Yeah, they lost a job or something like that happened. Fortunately not. I've been in situations where I think I felt like I've hit my peak and how am I ever going to get higher? Yeah. This is it. I've plateaued. I think it's more that. Yeah. And which then is- I look back and I'm like, oh my God, when you thought that, look where you've come from there. Look where you've come from there. Look where you've come from there. So, so there is a book from Marcus Aurelius the emperor of Rome, 323 BC, and every, end of every chapter, he had this one line. So it's a chapter on, you know, when friends treat you badly. So it was more like you know, interacting with friends. And the punchline was, well, at least you're not dead yet. Then it was talking about finances. You may not be earning what you did. Then he has this whole thing. And at the end, it's like, at least you're not dead yet. And this kind of works to live by. Sometimes we get so focused on the negative that we're looking, I think there's a quote from Helen Keller. You know, when, one door of opportunity closes. We're so busy looking at the door that shut that we miss the ones that opened. That's right. Yeah. Listen, in a perfect world, we're living with that sensitivity and that awareness all the time. I mean, on the greatest level, it's this appreciation of everything happens for a reason. Is it easy to do that in every moment of every day? No, of course not. Because Again, we're human and we get tied into what we think or how it should look or control it. But I think if you, that's really a high level to know in every moment, everything happens for a reason. And there's a there's an expression in Yiddish called hishtadlut, which means making your effort. And I say this to my team all the time. If you, you know, if you just, if you're doing what you're meant to be doing, you know, making calls, always staying in touch with people, reaching out to people, activity breeds activity. And inevitably, when we do that, it's not like the four people I pick up to call that day to stay in touch with say, oh, great, you know, come list this or I want to buy this. But inevitably, I get a call from this person I haven't talked to or that person. It's just making the hishtadlut, making the effort, and then it it flows from there. You open up the possibility. And uh, I'm a firm believer that we hold on to our reality with a death grip. And if you were trying to take this pen away from me, you probably would, but it'll take you a lot of time to do it. And when yeah. you start making the effort, you loosen your grip on reality and you allow for possibilities. And I'm a firm believer in, uh, you know, if you're talking to three or four people, then all of a sudden somebody that hasn't spoken to you in like 10 years calls you that day because you're open to that possibility. And uh, one of the things that dear salespeople, I'm not sure why this works, but you know, you've probably got three or four people you're trying to get a hold of that you just cannot get a hold of. I guarantee if you get a hold of one of them one day, call the other three immediately. You'll at least get two of them that day. I'm not sure why that works, but somehow it always seems to work that they're all unstuck at the same time. They don't know each other. They're in different parts of the country. So yeah, and one of my favorite uh, things from the Talmud is uh, we do not see the universe as it is. Uh, We see the universe as we are. And all too often, we're seeing the world through our eyes. You know, why don't they see it this way? And we really need to step in to go, huh, I wonder how they're seeing it. And just by asking that question, uh, you get insights into what they might be seeing. And so let's say I get the insights that Stephen isn't really sure about the neighborhood. All I need to do is say, Stephen, so what do you think about the neighborhood? And it's an open-ended question, and you get to articulate what you think. If I go, Stephen, so you probably think this neighborhood is bad, which may not be true, in which case it creates a disconnect, but just asking that question, and more times than not, if I divine that's how Stephen's seeing it, then Stephen's going to say, yeah, 
I know gentrification's coming. I'm not sure how long. And then all of a sudden we're talking about a different, the real issue as opposed to uh, what we think the issue is. Yeah. Which, well, we know, started off by awesome. saying, we talked about there's the reality and then there's the perception perspective and the perception and all of that. Yeah, it's so true. And we can, so much is controlled by, you know, our thoughts. And, you know, I, years ago, I watch the news, but I don't watch or read the news like I used to all the mm-hmm. time, every moment. And I say to people all the time, if it's that important, believe me, I'll find out about it. My partner will tell me about it or yes. enough people will be talking about it. Believe me, I'll know. And then I can dive into it uh, or ask or research it. But but the point being that so much of news is just negative and that's not my job. My job is to go forward, be the best dad I can be, the best person, the best human, the best friend, the best broker for clients. And I don't need a lot of negative energy always coming at me. Again, doesn't mean you have to be naive in any ways or live under a rock. But like you said, this is important. you're going to find out. Someone's going to tell you. And it kind of takes me back to that uh, 9-11. Like uh, I was in Atlanta and we're going to a, a trade show. And just before we go, one of the plane hits, and it's like, oh, wow, tragic accident. And then my wife uh, was on the West Coast, called in a panic, saying, you know, another plane has hit the tower. And I'm like, don't kid around. It was my first reaction. Like, that cannot be happening. But, yeah, if uh, something's happening, you'll find out. So here's a – Stephen, you seem someone that's, you know, highly successful. You've been at this for a while. There's been ups and downs. One of the things you said is, you know, when I look back in my career, you know, I was over here thinking, you know, I plateaued and now I'm over here. I improved. That didn't happen by magic that you had to kind of notice that there's something, a shortcoming in you or, hey, I need to learn this. What are you learning right now so that uh, Stephen, you know, 7.0 emerges? Like what are the things you're focusing on on you as a human being or a broker or a father? What are you working on right now to make you better? That's a great question. I'd say that the easiest answer right now, one of the things I'm working on is patience in all areas, including with myself. And so patience is one thing. And then it's also appreciating and acknowledging where I am, the level of what I've achieved. And no, I I pretty much live in it, but really stepping into it. Um, I'm very fortunate and to kind of uh, to own it in essence. Um, so I have several wishes for humanity and people. Uh, one of them, you described it in a different way, but I'll uh, articulate it my way that savoring life, like taking the moment to really appreciate what you have, it just changes your mindset. Being patient. And, uh, and I think the phraseology you used was even with myself. Because sometimes we're the harshest critics on ourselves. And I was like, cut yourself some slack. And I, here's what I've been working on. This is like my project and I think my life's mission. Like there is love where it's like, oh my God, I love my wife or I love my girlfriend. Or then there's love for our children. There's love for our parents and there's love for our country. But there's this other thing that is a state of love. That is a state of being that you can get into. And one of the ways I experience it is I'll be playing uh, tennis and I'll be doing okay. And then I'll just drop down into this state of love and instantly my game slows down. I'm more strategic. Time seems to be like 
there's more time for me to hit back. I just, time slows down. And when I cook, I can cook for people that I love and that's nice. Or I can drop down into the state of love as I'm cooking and it just changes the entire experience. Does any of what I'm saying make sense to you? Yeah, absolutely. First of all, I think that's beautiful, state of love. I mean, there are so many books and so many different philosophies and thoughts on spirituality and many or most of them all come back to love. And I love that state of love. I'll say two things on it. The first is years ago, and I don't know the practice or where it's quite from, but in essence, it's wishing love onto everyone. So I'd get on the subway, you know, on a crowded subway on morning, wherever I was going in New York City. And um, I would just look around and I'd wish, I just wish love onto everyone in the, in the car, in the yes. car, the subway car. So I'm literally just wishing love to the whole car. That was one thing. And then my daughter, I have two daughters, my little one, I say to her, my four-year-old, I ask Scarlett, why do I, why do I love you so much? My older one, I ask that, she just gives me a kiss and says, I love you too. But my little one, she's, she's beyond that. She doesn't have time. My, my little one, my four-year-old says to me, because I have so much love in my heart. Oh, I- thank you for sharing that. And I think this, from the mouth of babes, because ultimately, if, uh, if I step into the place of love, it basically allows me to see the humanity in you more easily. And you can only you can only give what you have part of. So yeah. because she has so much love in her heart, I'm able to love her. Yeah. And that is like brilliant. So this is uh, my project, which is writing a book. Uh, and I'm going to start writing in December. Uh, I've written a few books, but this one's going to be uh, maybe three inches by three inches and maybe 30 pages. So something small. And all I want to do is teach people how to step into that place of love. Nothing fancy, just here are the five steps, go do this. I don't know what they are yet. I can do it, but I don't know what the hell I'm doing. So I'm researching and having this conversation. Yeah, so they can step in. And I think if we could do that for humanity, because at the end of the day, like one of the pivotal moments for me was uh, they used to have this show called Donahue when I was going to high school. And he was interviewing uh, Paul Newman, And Newman had just come back from Russia when America had a hard-on for Russia. And so Donahue says, don't they hate us? And Paul Newman says, you know, the average Russian, all he wants is a safe place for his family, food on the table, and a better future for his kids. That's what the average American wants. And in my 14-year-old mind back then, it was like, we're all the same. That's what everybody wants is, and if we realize that, and we focus on the sameness, it's like, you love your daughter and, you know, it makes your heart smile. I mean, some dude right now in the jungles of Africa, the most important thing is his daughter. It's like, we're all the same. And if we could just become fearless and just let go of our limitations, because we have a responsibility, like Stephen, you have a responsibility to be your best self. Because when you do that, uh, your daughters have this beacon of light that lets them know that, they can actually grow into what they need to be because you talking about, you can be anything you want and I love you. and It's going to be amazing is nice. But when you're stepping into that space and modeling it, this is where you let the agents that you lead, the clients, your children have permission to let go of being less than and seeing the possibility of being exceptional. 
Yeah, it's so true. I think that we're all in essence, I mean, pure souls when we're born and we're, I think we're always pure souls, but there's, what's it from the musical South Pacific? There's a, a lyric that says, you have to be taught before it's too late to hate all the people your relatives hate. And I always think about that funny line that you know I learned when I was a little kid, meaning, oh, wait, you're taught hatred. That's yeah. not natural. You're taught hatred. And love, hopefully it's, it's natural. You can be taught to grow it and experience it, but hopefully it's the natural state. So when you were a baby, you know, for you, Stephen, it was a long time ago. But when you were a baby, this photographs to prove that this happened. So when babies are born, they can't control anything. Pretty much they're like just useless lumps. But one of the things they can control is their tongue. And babies, days after they're born, if their mom goes to them like this, they'll mimic it. Because we're hot-wired to connect with other human beings. We're not judgmental. We're just, we're just learning machines and we're connecting. And one of the ways we do that is to get into rapport with people. And babies, like days old, are hot-wired to do that. And, so you're uh, saying the baby will mimic the mother. Yeah. That's the only thing they can control is their tongue. And they'll do the same thing back to their mom and they'll put stick their tongue back at their mom. And that's just a beautiful thing. And that's how babies learn uh, is just by mimicking their moms and their dads and their siblings. And they go from being like nothing to just these amazing walking, talking, laughing, making jokes. And all that comes from those mirror neurons that allow us to do that. And like you said, as we grow up, we also pick up their biases and become less than. And I think Pablo Picasso said, you know, uh, most people lose that childlike quality. I never lost mine. I fought to keep it. That's why I can paint that way. And uh, Stephen, this has been such a delightful conversation. I've got three last questions for you. What brings you joy in your work? What brings me joy in my work? I'm very fortunate, A, to work in New York City. And because I'm in New York and many of the, you know, I work with clients and brokers from other markets, but I get to meet really fascinating, interesting and successful people. Nice. And that turns me on and get to help them and advise them. But I'm very fortunate to be able to meet uh, some really fascinating, incredible people. Question number two, what's one piece of advice you'd like to share with our listeners that they could implement immediately and just start being happier, more productive, whatever that advice leads them to? Well, if it's, if it's advice to a broker, mm-hmm or a new broker, I'd say you can only be the best you possible. And so really just be you. There's enough business to go around. There are brokers who I look at and say, why would very successful brokers there? You know, I respect a lot of people, but there are a few where I shake my head and say, why would anyone want to work with them? And guess what? They're super successful. And there are people that do, and there are people that would want to work with them, not with me. for every pot. And it's what makes the world go around. So you can only be the best you possible. Brilliant. How about advice for mere humans that are not brokers? Uh, The sane people? I'd say it's the same, of course. It's the same. You can only be the best you you can possibly be. I love that. Here's the last question, which could be the toughest. What's a question I should have asked you that I did not? How did I get so handsome? Uh, (laughs) Blessed by God. Mazel tov. (laughs) 
I think you covered it all. I think I think very interesting. This conversation went in a completely a much deeper level than I thought it was going to go, which I loved. But in essence, right, that's what it's all about. I think you covered it all. Brilliant. If you enjoyed this episode, please go to iTunes and leave a five-star rating. And if you're looking for more tools, go to my website at nolimitselling.com. I've got a free mind training course there that's going to teach you some insights from the world of neuro-linguistic programming, and that is the fastest way to get better results. 